May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today the sermon text is from 1 Corinthians 13. It's a familiar chapter because you've heard the beginning many times at weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not boast. It is not proud, and so forth. But for this confirmation weekend, we're considering the last verses of this chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So far of God's holy word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we grow through the working of his Holy Spirit in grace and knowledge, dear fellow redeemed. What do you want to be when you grow up? That question gets asked of children almost as soon as they're able to speak, and sometimes you get surprising or amusing answers. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a cowboy or a cowgirl. I want to be a ballerina. I want to be a firefighter. One of our sons, when he was maybe six years old, was asked that question. He said, I'm going to be a pro football player. We said, okay, Grant, maybe a punter. Why don't you work on that? <clears throat> Even now, our confirmands today, who are just at the age of 13 years, are being asked that kind of question in a more serious vein. It seems like earlier and earlier, young people are called upon to map out path of education and career, sometimes unfairly, I think. They better get used to it, though, because in a few short years, our up-and-coming ninth graders will be high school juniors looking at the SAT and the ACT and people saying, do you plan to go to college and where? Have you applied? Maybe it'll be a trade for you. Do you intend to begin a family? Map out your whole life right now when you're only in your teenage years. Well, today, why don't we take the pressure down a notch? Let's dial it back by looking beyond, by looking beyond the high school years, by looking beyond further education, by looking beyond a career, even by looking beyond retirement. Today, let's look above and beyond because every Christian, everyone who knows the Lord Jesus and what he's done for them and the promises he's made, every Christian person can confidently say, when I grow up, when I grow up, then I'll see clearly. Then I'll see clearly how God led me to Christian maturity, how God kept me, even though more mature in childlike faith, and how God nurtured me the entire way with his great love. I'm sure you noticed in these few verses from the end of 1 Corinthians 13 
the apostle contrasting the immature and the mature, the childish and the grown-up. And I think every parent is familiar with those moments and they wish that their own children would hurry things up in the maturity department. You've been there either as the child or as the parent when there are two kids in the back seat and one shouts out, he touched me. And he says, no, I didn't. Besides, you started it. Well, that's because you're a loser. Mom always favored you and I don't know why. And finally, the parent who's driving has had enough and looks over her shoulder and says, why don't you just grow up? Why don't you just grow up? Interestingly, that phrase, in many ways, is a pretty good theme for large portions of the book of 1 Corinthians. It's the father of the congregation, the Apostle Paul, seeing the Christians of this baby congregation acting like Christian babies and having to call them to account for it. He says that in so many words in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. He says, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. And so he has to address this group saying, why don't you grow up? Why don't become, you become more mature in your Christian faith and stop your bickering? Because they had groups within their congregation that were hostile to each other based on who your favorite former pastor was. We had certain members of this congregation hostile to each other enough to take each other to secular civil court instead of settling matters in a Christian way. Why don't you grow up in Christ? The apostle had to urge them to stop bickering and to stop showboating. There's a whole section in 1 Corinthians about the look at me attitude that the people in Corinth had. Look at me. I'm special because I have miraculous powers of the Holy Spirit to speak in languages I'd never studied before. Or, look at me. Look at me. I have such detailed knowledge of the scriptures, I know them backwards and forwards compared to others. Or another might be saying, look at me. Look at what I've given up for the kingdom of God. I've given up all my personal things and all my time and energy, much more than other people. Or, look at me. Here, I'm a leader and others are followers. Paul addresses this immaturity by saying, if I speak in tongues, if I have all knowledge, if I have all faith, and I sacrifice all my personal effects, but have not love, I am nothing. And so he has to give himself as his own example in the opening verse of our text. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And our walk as people of God with faith in Christ needs to be a path of greater maturity because we're susceptible to the same kind of bickering, to the same kind of self-centered, the world revolves around me attitude, the same comparison of ourselves with other people to cast ourselves in a favorable light. Ah, 
But when I grow up, when I grow up, when we finally stand before God in glory on account of Christ, we'll be able to trace the path by which God brought us to greater maturity when he bends our hearts and minds to think the way he does. And Paul writes about that very thing in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. He says, because of him, that is because of Jesus, because of God that is, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And when we have that new perspective, we think differently because God thinks differently. Then we put away childish things and we see Jesus as the great equalizer. No matter what my gifts are compared to other people, no matter what disputes or trouble there might be between me and a fellow Christian person, we are all absolutely the same as sinners before God. We are all absolutely the same as redeemed by Christ because of his death and resurrection for us. And so no bragging allowed. And it changes people. They grow up in Christ. They stop thinking, what can I get in praise from other people? What can I get in advantages over other people? What can I get in the area of settling a score? And instead it becomes, what have I been given? What have I been given in the Lord Jesus Christ? And because of that, what can I now give to others? That's the maturity that God is looking for in you. That's the maturity that God works in you. Yes, when I grow up, on the other side, I'll see how God led me on a path of growth from childish things to grown-up things in Christ. But you and I will also see how at the same time God kept you childlike, and it's vitally important. No matter how mature you become, knowledgeable in Christ, you always have to stay a little child. Because Jesus said that much in Mark chapter 10. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. So you need to grow, yes, but stay childlike in your implicit trust in God's word and guidance. And Paul uses an interesting picture here in 1 Corinthians to show that to us. Can you imagine if you needed to go through your daily routine and you grabbed a hand mirror that happened to be kind of dusty and splotchy and you're going through walking backwards, anybody you talk to, any place you go, you're going to have to do so by looking in a mirror held right here, looking behind you. And you go, well, that would leave out a whole lot of clarity and information. That would be difficult. But you better get used to it because it's exactly what you're doing in a spiritual sense. We have to go with limited information about what's happening in God's direction, his plans for us. I don't know, you don't know what's going to happen next year, next month, next week, even tomorrow. So we have to have a heart that relies on God who does know 
and does guide and does protect. That means childlike faith. We can trust him given what he's already given to us. As Paul writes in Romans 8, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We see in a glass dimly, but then face to face. But we're content with going about our business with incomplete information because trust, because trust in our hearts that God's promises are true, our future is secure, his word in every part is faithful and true. Yes, when I grow up, all the way up, I'll see plainly that God kept me, though growing day by day in Christ, he kept me in childlike faith till my dying day, content with a smudged mirror for now. All will be clear then, as Paul says, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Wow, what great things the Lord has in store for us when we grow up. We have a great example of that very thing in our 15 young people who are being confirmed today, with whom God made a covenant of grace in giving his son for them, drawing them to himself in their baptism and through the word of God. They're on the threshold of adulthood, an important milestone in maturity. And we can always already see for them the path that God has laid out for their Christian growth, all the while keeping each one in childlike faith and trust. But Paul here reminds them and us of the greatest blessing of all among some really stellar blessings. He writes in the closing verse of chapter 13, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And I think it's probably kind of hard for the Apostle Paul to peg number one because all are indispensable. Faith, hope, and love abide. Faith is our confidence in God's promises already kept when Jesus went to Calvary's cross to die for us and rise again from the dead. Our trust is in what he did that we might gain eternal life when we grow up. Faith is about trust in what's already occurred. Hope, hope is our trust that because God has kept all the greatest promises so far, when he says we'll rise with new and improved bodies in glory for eternal life, absent sin, absent pain, absent tears, or anything that might take away our joy and live forever. Well, hope is our certainty that God will also keep these promises in the future. But the greatest of these, among faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Why? Because it's the nature of God himself Probably the first Bible verse you memorized when you were about three years old is three words found from 1 John chapter 4. God is love. Because God loved you and the entire world so much that he communicated his love to you by 
becoming one of us in the person of his son. 1 John 4, verse 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation that is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's his nature to be the epitome of love. He brought it down to us in the person of his son and his sacrifice for us. And he's entrusted this same love for us to show to each other as Jesus gave his direction in John chapter 13. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. So do you see the path laid out for us? God leading us to grow in our knowledge and grace and our behavior, becoming more mature in our Christianity, concurrently, at the same time, always retreating in our heart of hate, hearts to childlike trust in the Savior and nothing in ourselves. And all the while, having the privilege of showing others the same kind of love that's been given to us by pointing to its source, by pointing to its source, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you just grow up? Do you suppose any of the parents of our compromands ever said that or something like it to their children at a younger age? I suspect they probably did. Do you suppose that any of the parents of our confirmands on a day like today will have mixed feelings about their children growing up? I think so. I think mom or dad will look at these young people so vibrant, reaching an important milestone, and think to themselves, what happened to my little boy? What happened to my little girl? Who is this young adult? who belongs to Christ and is vowing today to stay attached to him as a branch to the vine. Who is this person? They're growing up too fast. I wonder what will become, what they'll become, because they could be almost anything with what they've got going for them in the Lord. Yes, today we see what God has already done for them and for everyone here today. He brought them an important milestone of Christian maturity on this day of their confirmation. By grace, through his word, as they stay attached to Jesus through his word, he'll keep them in childlike faith throughout their lives. And he's nurtured them in the greatest blessing of his love, making them reflectors of that love in Christ for others their whole lives long. And you know, on the final day of confirmation, I'm talking about when Jesus returns and God confirms to us the final promise of the glorification of our bodies, his visible glory and kingdom, and sharing that forever. On that final day of confirmation at Jesus' side, we'll see clearly, not dimly as in a mirror, we'll see clearly face to face how God has done these things for us all. We will see it all when we grow up. Amen.
And may the peace of God, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.